Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, Silicon Valley Bank has been shut down by the FDIC. We'll talk about what that means and what we actually know at this time. Ring puts a paywall behind privacy. YouTube begins the healing process between themselves and creators. And AI is getting even crazier. All that and more coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or it's 2 a.m. Go to Burberry. This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. That is the closest we've gotten to a rolling with it. Holy cow. I blame Daylight Savings Time. We're recording this like the morning of Daylight Savings Time going into effect. I swear we had to do five retakes, excluding the two we took without the sounder just to get this down right. Oh. That is my excuse. That that is 100% the excuse I'm using, and I'm probably just gonna end up practicing the intro int or the yeah the intro on drives into work for a while, or maybe it's also the fact that I am just flabbergasted with um the financial news that actually kind of just dropped into our laps Friday night. This one actually is probably a lot bigger than people realize, and this is gonna be shaping a lot of news for the coming few weeks and even months. This actually, like I said, this broke Friday night. Silicon Valley Bank has been seized by the FDIC. For those who don't know, Silicon Valley Bank or SVB, as I'm most likely gonna call it from here on out, is one of the big banks within, well, Silicon Valley in California. And it is responsible for pretty much a lot of banking and loans for tons of startups. So let's first talk about what we do know. Because the moment you get into financial news, let me tell you how much of a landmine or a minefield financial news is. First off, the moment you start talking about financial news, you have to include the fact that anything I say is not financial advice. I am not a financial expert in any way, shape, or form. I am a businessman. I run a small commercial laundry plant. All right. I am not some kind of financial guru. You should not be taking anything I say as financial advice, as investment advice, or as accounting law or anything like that. I am speaking strictly in any of this as both a tech enthusiast and as a business owner. All right. I want that to be clear first. You have to say that whenever you talk about financial news, because the moment you say, oh man, um, Bacon Incorporated doesn't look like it's doing too well. Everyone panics and sells their stocks of Bacon Incorporated, which I'm pretty sure is not a name of a company. So you always have to be careful with that. Second, everyone loves to speculate in the craziest ways, because of course, when you get into the financial news, you then start getting into the people arguing why communism is the best way of, of having an economy or capitalism is the best or trading fig Newtons is the best or crypto in general is the best. Everyone goes ahead and just makes up half of whatever the heck they want just to fit what they feel is the answer 
And there's a ton of that going on right now, especially in the crypto space, trying to say that <gasps> Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. That means that the big banks are corrupt. The big banks are failing. Everyone invest in crypto. Hey, remember how I said that Silicon Valley Bank funds a lot of tech startups? It means a lot of them are also crypto based. I'm just saying before you go ahead and draw any kind of conclusion right now, it's impossible to draw any conclusion for certain. All right. Now that we got five minutes worth of disclaimers out of the way, let's get into what happened. What happened is very simple. It is what's called a bank run. A bank run is when, for whatever reason, members of the bank, someone in chat says that uh, bake, bacon incorporated is, for, is it actually does exist and is a temp agency in utah all right well at least uh temporary employment agencies in utah have good taste because bacon makes everything better that's probably their slogan too or something silly like that anyway what is a bank run a bank run means that every single or not every single person but a substantial percentage of people who bank at that bank try to withdraw all their money at once See, the way a bank makes money is the fact that they take your money that you deposit in the bank and then use that to then make loans to someone else who needs that money and then collect the interest. There's, of course, far more other branches within it, but that is the basic concept of a bank. And that's about as far as we're going to get. Okay. This, however, means that a lot of that money that's tied up in loans is not at the bank for you to withdraw it. If enough people try to withdraw all their money at once, the bank runs out of money and collapses. This is what a bank run is. Everyone running to the bank to withdraw everything. When this started happening, and I believe the main reason that caused this is the fact that the stock value of Silicon Valley was falling substantially as the Friday trading day was, was opening up and that caused the fear and that caused the bank run. Now, the bank has pretty much been seized by the, I actually forgot what, what the acronym stands for, but it has been seized by the, oh, here we go, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Wow, the C actually does just stand for corporation. Huh. It has been seized by the FDIC. Now, the FDIC, if you don't know here in the US, everyone's probably seen the, the plaques when they go to the bank and didn't think didn't think enough of it but if you don't know the fdic ensures that if such a situation like this happens that any anyone who is a depositor of the bank if the bank cannot pay out they guarantee up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of the withdrawals will be insured by the fdic so even if silicon valley bank collapses and has no money left the FDIC, now that they're involved, guarantees that people will get all their money back as long as it doesn't exceed 250000 Now, this sounds like everyone's safe, right? That's a quarter of a million dollars. That's a lot of money. For the average person, that is tons. Remember how I said that um, this bank was used by a lot of business startups? That's starting to play a role here. Because you see, for the average person... Like if I'm just talking personal finances or most likely any of you as, as the average listener looks at a quarter million dollars and says that is a small fortune, 
I'd be set for a long time with that. For a business and their running total, their operating funds, it is actually substantially less than you would imagine. All right, let's actually bring up the calculator here for a minute. Let's pretend you are a moderate sized business. Let's say you have 100 employees, all right? Nice round number to work with, all right? And those 100 employees, let's say you pay a modest wage. We'll say $17 an hour, all right? $17 an hour times 40, which is, the, a, which is a full-time working week, is $680 per person or per, uh, per day, all right? Let's say you work five days a week. Wait, no, I'm doing this wrong. No, 1740, 680, that is how much they make in a week. Yes, all right? That's one person. Now, you have 100 of those. That is $68,000 in weekly payroll. Most places do their payroll every other week, which means their pay period is two weeks. So multiply that by another two. Now, you might think, oh, but there's, there's all the withholdings and whatnot. They don't actually see all that money correct because of because of because of the alphabet soup of withholdings because of uh, medicare because of social security because of fuda because of all this other stuff that there's all kinds of withholdings for they don't see all of that but as the business you have to pay all of it so this number this 136 thousand dollars you're paying that every other week do you see a problem here? If you only get 250,000 of your funds back, that's not even enough for a month of your payroll. And here's the best part. This isn't including your other bills. This isn't including the rent on your building. This is not including your utilities, your electric, your gas, your, your anything. This isn't including anything else of your operating budget, whatever it may be. If you have trucks that you're paying off because you went ahead and financed your fleet, this isn't including that either. There is so much of this that isn't covered. So you start seeing how some of these businesses are in some serious, serious trouble. And by the by, I do strongly recommend going ahead and trying to basic math out some of the salaries for some of these major companies because the numbers that they're estimated and paying in salaries is eye-watering. And I say this as someone who has to pay a payroll every week at my place where we pay every single week. Whee! And here's what's even better. That payout of 250000 I never said when you get it. What if your payroll is due by, say, this upcoming Wednesday... And the FDIC estimates that um, they're not going to be able to get this out until, I don't know, the end of the month. Now what do you do? This starts becoming a huge, huge problem for a lot of medium-sized businesses. Now, smaller businesses like the one I, I run, I'm not going to mention much more than that, but we do not have 250 k in the bank. We have not even close to that in the bank. Because we're, we're small enough that we can get away with it. We only have, you know, about 10 employees. That's it. We don't do that much business because we can operate with only 10 employees. So smaller places that work with SVB will eventually be fine. Large companies, your Googles, your Amazons, 
your microsoofs, all of them will eventually be fine because they'd be absolute idiots to have their billions upon billions sitting only in one bank. Though, monet monetary-wise, they're probably going to be the hit the hardest because they probably got a good, I don't know, a few dozen mil sitting in there that they'll never see again, most likely. That can be a big problem for them. But then they have so much more elsewhere. They can absorb the hit, although they'll be very upset about it. Those medium-sized businesses, those ones that sit in the 100 to 200 the, the 100 to $200 range, I'm willing to bet a lot of those companies are going to go under because of this by not having the operating capital. Now, we have no idea at this point what else is going to happen. Could there be a contagion effect that people see a whole lot of financial lives ruined because of the collapse of this bank? So then they start withdrawing all their money from their own bank causing bank runs to happen there and cause a cascade effect that could bring down a lot of other things. It seems unlikely at this point, but we just don't know yet. We don't know what caused, what started this all. What was the spark that started, that started this with SVB? It could be something crypto related. It could be that they had a crypto company went south and defaulted on their loans. And now SVB is out large chunks that, started this whole thing it could be a lot of people just went ahead and just decided you know what now nah, we're done with the bank it is something to keep in mind moving forward all right i think that's enough uh super serial financial business from a guy who has no real financial sector knowledge at all other than you know business ownership let's instead talk about spotify and chat's already getting eager talking, wanting to talk about uh, YouTube. Man, I, I have thoughts about what's going on at YouTube. Fortunately, they're good ones. But Spotify has made a very interesting move that actually affects this podcast directly. So for those who don't know, we use a podcast platform known as Anchor. Anchor is a tool that either was bought by Spotify or was um, made by Spotify. We're not entirely sure which it is, but it doesn't matter anymore. The name Anchor is gone. This actually kind of makes me think that Spotify bought Anchor and is now, excuse me, now completing like the absorption of Anchor. So I've already noticed, and I actually talked about this a little bit, about how all of a sudden out of nowhere, my metrics for measuring th both of the podcasts, both Early Bird Briefing and Eagle Eyes on Tech, now include my um my spotify followers count and then like a week later the name anchor is gone just straight up poof gone never to be seen again and in fact my ui is now rather different there are very much more tabs also everything is responding way slower holy cow my measurement for spotify followers is now front and center and is also judged heavily on it so you know that's always a something or another. And um, yeah, a lot of my monetization tools are just gone. So I don't know. I don't know what to think right now of Spotify taking over Anchor. I don't really see a whole lot of new, new tools other than some articles from Spotify saying, here's how you should run your own podcast. And I'm just like, do you have any idea how long I've been doing this for? I've been doing podcasts since before it was cool. 
but there's now something to go ahead and make Spotify customizable promo cards of your podcast, which mean something, I guess. There's more push to say you should go ahead and make video podcasts on Spotify. I don't know how I feel about video podcasts still. I feel like video podcasts is still like a nice feature to do live or say on a subscription model. But like the whole point of a podcast is to go ahead and have it as audio only on your commute to work, even though we don't commute anymore. <laughs> and then we have some other guidelines about how to make your podcast searchable. And that gives the generic advice that everyone's been giving since the dawn of time. Like, have guests on. Try to go ask a celebrity to join your podcast. Yeah, do that. See what happens. I guarantee you, you will not have a guest. The notion also that you need a guest in order to have a podcast is silly. But they also announced in all of this that Spotify podcasting will also include integration into Patreon. Even though there already is a Patreon-like feature built into Anchor, they're going to go ahead and integrate more into Patreon. And at first when I heard about this, I thought it was incredibly stupid. Until I remembered something. The subscription system of Anchor was awful. The only payment method they offered was Stripe. And the way they implemented Stripe was sketchy AF anyway. So to go ahead and team up with Patreon to go ahead and do something similar, great, fantastic. I can't wait to see how this all goes. But now you might be wondering something. I have been preaching again and again and again and again to just go ahead and let podcasters inject ads if you expect to make money. How is Spotify doing this now? You need 100 Spotify followers to be able to run ads. From a money-making standpoint, I cannot even begin to tell you how stupid this is. Especially since, here's the best part for you, all right? This isn't like a Twitch thing when they try to go ahead and make sure that you at least have some kind of follower base before going ahead and taking all your information down, having an accountant go ahead and set everything up so that you can go ahead and get your payouts on the legal side of things. It's not like that. Because Spotify goes ahead and collects all the information from the start right away. This hurdle is beyond stupid. Because it's like saying, we're not going to give you your driver's license. And I, I, I can't even think of a good example for this. It's just, it's idiotic is what it is. But it's what Spotify is doing. And we'll see how things go. They are starting with this, uh, this change and everything. Time will only tell how it is looked at, how, how they evolve it from here on out. All right, before we get to the first break, let's talk about Ring. Oh, Ring. <laughs> Ring, if you somehow don't know, is now a home security brand that originally just made video doorbells, but then was bought by Amazon. And um, Amazon is out Googling Google in the way that they're just, actually, I should take that back. They are out Facebooking Facebook in the way they are just leaking out information and poorly managing it. Because it turns out that any video that is recorded with your Ring devices, whether it be an internal camera, the doorbell or whatever, they are handing over to police without consent of the user or a warrant. It is required by law. If law enforcement wants access to any sort of video footage you have, 
you must give it with your consent or police must get a warrant and have probable cause for seizing said information. There actually is an amendment in the con in the US Constitution about this. It is the, I wanna say fourth amendment. Let me go ahead and double check this. Yes, it is. It is actually the fourth of the fourth amendment. Ring is actually assisting with direct constitutional violations. And that's not like, that's not a stretch to say at all. This is actually kind of a very concerning big deal, but this gets even stupider because what I just told you is old news. The new news is that you get some of your privacy back if you pay a subscription. If you don't want Ring to go ahead and and uh, allow law enforcement to trample all over your Fourth Amendment right here in the U.S., uh, pay us money. That's pretty messed up. Like, there's no other way to say that. That is just really messed up. One might even call that, um, oh, I don't know, extortion? This is going to be one to keep an eye on. Because as people in the chat are kind of pointing out, that doesn't sound legal. Now, again, not a legal expert, but um, I tend to agree. This doesn't sound very legal at all. Th this definitely sounds like something that uh, someone should go ahead and uh, file a suit about. This is just a little ridiculous. And personally, I for one would love to follow this one with a big old bowl of popcorn and some, no, actually just popcorn and just enjoy the show as that continues on. Because, whoo, that is, that is going to be something special. We're going to take our break here. When we come back, I want to talk about some uh, car shenanigans, including one car. Remember the Ford car we were talking about before that would repossess itself if things weren't paid? Oh, Volkswagen said, hold my beer. You don't want to miss this, as, as well as also an update with YouTube. We will be back. Welcome back, you guys on tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so you want to talk about something that's a little messed up, all right? So we kind of jokingly talked about the um, the patent that Ford filed for a car to repossess itself. Keep in mind, they haven't done it yet. They haven't made a car that will, in fact, and I say car with like air quotes around it because, um, yeah, th they mostly just now make crossovers, SUVs, pickup trucks, vans, and the Mustang. And also pretend they can make a tractor trailer too. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie though. If any logistics company took their, their class A CDL holding trucker and then handed them the keys to an F750, I wanna see the look on that trucker's face as they like go, go back look at them and say, are you serious? I thought we were friends. Why did you do this to me? Uh, anyway, I digress. So Ford had that. And that's already kind of a big, are you serious? Volkswagen has taken this one step beyond. And it is impressive. 
So Volkswagen, because we live in a cyberpunk dystopian future, has a subscription service to track down the car. All right. You pay a monthly fee and it allows you to go ahead and track down the car. Now, this is something that's existed for a while. For a while. It goes by various other names. I want to say the first one was called Lojack. Again, probably mistaken, but you know, not an uncommon feature. However, and this is probably the best part. A woman was going through a tough time, has one infant already, and is pregnant with a second on the way. In order to make ends meet, she lets this feature lapse. And then she was carjacked while driving, held at gunpoint, yanked out of her car, and the perpetrator drove away with the car. I cannot imagine how horrifying that is. When it was finally reported to the police, all right, when it's finally reported to the police, the police go to Volkswagen and say, we need the location of this car because the infant is still inside the car when it was stolen. The first infant's in the car. And you know what Volkswagen said? We can't help you because the subscription lapsed. You know what? This is starting to get ridiculous. I, I have a feeling now that I actually have a PS5, I, I feel like I need to go ahead and grab a copy of Cyberpunk 2077 just so I can go ahead and prepare myself for the future that is inevitable. What in the actual heck is this? Holy cow. I, I, I have no words. Now, someone in chat said it all sounds way too coincidental, and I'm not going to lie. It kind of does at first, but um, until the infant is still in the car, then the whole thing of it possibly being some kind of insurance fraud starts to fall apart a little bit, unless, well, I'm not gonna speculate any further than that. I just wanna focus on the whole point of no exceptions, no life or death exceptions. What the actual heck? Now, I don't know whether a feature like this should be including the cost of the car or not, the ability to go ahead and track down the car, because I have no idea what the upkeep is for a feature like this. But considering the fact that we already are at a point where like the built-in GPS is just kind of built in at all times, is the concept of paying a monthly subscription for the GPS to work in reverse just a, a little excessive, a little money grubbing, a little what's wrong with you? But again, I don't know the details of the whole thing. I don't know the back end all that well. Anyway, let, let's get to something that's a, a bit less WTF. Rivian is recalling nearly 13,000 of their electric vehicles all because of the seatbelt. Because of the way the seatbelt is in and because of a defect, it can possibly cause the airbag to not deploy correctly. Oof. <laughs> that's uh. That, that is an unfortunate flaw. But now, this doesn't sound like a whole lot of news. It sounds like, oh, a problem's been, been found and now it's being solved. It's a, it's a bit of a black eye for Rivian, but, you know, they're a startup. We kind of almost expect this. Hopefully, they'll continue to exist despite the fact that uh, possibly their major financial institution is gone. I mean, that's all well and good. But then you had two other smaller vehicles in it, or two other smaller electric vehicles put into this as well as all, uh, all right what am i i'm phrasing this wrong there are two other uh smaller electric vehicles that um that had recalls for various little problems with the 
high voltage rails and the motor having faults, but then that's nothing compared to the Model Y also being recalled due to a seatbelt issue. This one, on the other hand, due to the rear one. Now it's unclear exactly what the defect is in this. It's just being classified as rear seat and seatbelt issues as I'm very quickly trying to scour the entire article to see if they mention it at all here. It does not appear to be. It's unclear whether in this case it is because it triggers something silly like uh, the airbag or whatnot. Someone in chat asked, why the heck is the seatbelt tied with the airbag deployment? The only thing I can assume is that um, whether it deploys the airbag or not is dependent on whether to text that someone's in the seat or not. I would just assume in a safety sort of situation, um, if sensors are tripped to actually be a high impact crash that would deploy seatbelt or deploy airbags, you would just deploy them all. At least that, that's what I would assume. Again, not exactly an expert in the field, but I'm pretty sure that's how every other car in, the, in existence does it. Maybe I'm the one that's crazy. But um, yeah, however Rivian's doing it is uh, a little wonky, but that is just my best guess. And someone in the chat points out that, you know, there should just be a sensor in the blasted seat that detects whether someone's there or not. And I would say, yes, there should be. I don't know whether there is or not. Again, I'm guessing as to why these two things are, uh, are tied together. Here's what I can tell you. And here's something that is both more concerning and also hilarious at the same time. Across the pond, adaptive cruise control has been caught making a critical error. For you see over in, I'm actually trying to figure, I'm actually trying to find it in this article where it, in which country this is in. Oh, the article's finished, it's in Finland. Meanwhile, in Finland, adaptive cruise control goes ahead and actually reads the street signs to know what the speed rate they should go at is, how, how many kilometers per hour they should be going. However, um, they didn't think something through over in Finland. You see, here in the US, our speed limit signs kind of have a standardized shape and a standardized format. And to my knowledge, at least, it is illegal to go ahead and post up a fake speed limit sign or try to impersonate said speed limit sign in any way, shape, or form. Um, in Finland, for reasons that cannot be explained, they just use a circle. It's just a circle with numbers in it. That's it. That's all the, the speed limit sign is in Finland, which then caused adaptive cruise control systems to speed up automatically when posters for political candidates or for voting for or against certain numbered propositions triggered the adaptive cruise control, such as voting yes or no for, say, oh, I don't know, proposition 125, and then accelerates to 125 kilometers per hour in an 80 kilometers per hour zone. Now, here in the U.S., our adaptive cruise controls, I believe a number of manufacturers have the technology to automatically accelerate and decelerate based on seen speed limit signs, but I want to say it doesn't have DOT approval to be implemented yet, I think, but like, holy cow, 
it's just first first off um well chat says it's not the system's fault it's the manufacturer's fault i would say there's a lot of people at fault here it's first off the manufacturer for not color checking because at least the speed limit sign has a red ring on a yellow sign with black lettering you should at least try to try to at least look for the ring in all this b i would dare argue such a simple speed limit sign is um is just ridiculous but i also come from a place where um our speed limits are that our speed limit signs have a very unique look but also there's plenty of other markers with just numbers on them all over the highway there's signs telling you that exit such and such is coming up there are mile markers so you can tell about where you are on the on the highway or freeway before the times of gps there's of course the speed limit there's all there's of course the signs that say you know what highway it is so i mean i'm used to signs having like very distinct looks and having you know more words on them so you know what the number is rather than just 80 circle the whole thing is just kind of oh boy oh boy and that's why we don't have adaptive cruise control systems yet that accelerate and decelerate in mass yet or at this rate possibly ever all right let's talk about youtube all right so youtube has had some problems lately that much is obvious susan then stepped down after a very vague profanity policy has been put into place and of course there's been plenty of other moves that has made youtube well there's no other way to say it it has made it a worse place period end of story there is no other way to look at how youtube has been and say it is better the lack of dislike button and having it mean anything to anyone but the creator is atrocious i would also dare argue that um the lack of the public dislike button has also caused much more people and i've actually seen on my own videos to just dislike for the sake of disliking whether it be fair or otherwise there's a couple of my videos that have way more dislikes than likes for seemingly no reason at all one of my shorts i know the moment it launched within i would say 10 minutes it got 20 dislikes my only guess is that they just hate humor i don't know what to tell you but the dislike bar does need to come back I think it does. I think it would make YouTube an infinitely better place. That needs to be the next, next move. That profanity policy though, the one that retroactively ruined a bunch of channels has been reverted. And even better, a representative of YouTube has put out a video on YouTube explaining in full detail how the current profanity policy works from here on out while they are being stricter on profanity early on in the video and actually would be demonetizing if there's repeated profanity within the video it is no longer going to retroactively affect past videos and it is being laxed substantially so we're already seeing a middle ground and most importantly, and this is the biggest problem that YouTube had, they didn't tell anyone. We only knew there was a change to the profanity rules because so many people retroactively had pretty much their entire channel demonetized. And it was mostly gaming channels. Because of course in gaming channels, you get a little heated. You get a little, a, a little excited. You swear if you're doing good, you swear if you're doing bad, you swear a lot more if you're doing really bad. So 
we are already seeing with the new CEO in a step in the right direction for communicating between YouTube and content creators. Finally, because holy cow, before all you had was the guy from YouTube gaming who then tragically left to go start a crypto venture. That was unfortunate. That was really, really unfortunate. So huzzah, huzzah, we see good, solid communication. Now, here's my question. Hey, Twitch, you want to steal that? You want to steal that from YouTube? You want to steal the concept of communicating with your streamers for what you want them to do and actually describe it in a way that humanizes you? Actually go ahead and listen to some of our feedback. I mean, the whole allowing us to run three minutes of ads to not have any other ads for a full hour. Great. Love it. I don't know why it took so long to do that, but that's fantastic. Anyway, to make it so that we don't have to go ahead and run an ads manager. Anyway, to go ahead and make it so we don't have to do automated ads and ruin our content. Anyway, we want to go ahead and address many of the other issues regarding um, Twitch. We're just going to go ahead and continue to uh, just let things be a glitchy mess. Oh, how about, how about returning hosts? You know, that thing that Twitch pioneered and YouTube copied to great success. Ooh, or how about working a bit harder on the VOD content, trying to go ahead and amplify both your your concept of videos on demand and live content so that, you know, you could have a channel still function even if the streamer's gone for a long time. Ooh, or how about returning the old rerun system? How about returning ads for bits? Even if it's just worse, even if, even if you couldn't do the old, what was it? One ad for five to a hundred bits? Let's cut, cut in half, even that, dude, people will do it. I did it. So much of what Twitch has done lately has just felt like a sucker punch again and again and again and again. It's been the same thing on YouTube. YouTube has been several sucker punches in a row with an occasional win. Twitch, let us have a few wins, please. Pretty please. It's all we want. Just a few good wins. All right, let's get to some Twitter news, shall we? Twitter had a problem. Error code 467 that prevented users from opening links. You know, one of the core things you go ahead and do on Twitter. <sighs> what an absolute mess Twitter is. There's just no other way to say it. On one hand, you want to go ahead whenever talking about a platform like this and look at the changes and say, what's the positive things that happened first? Um, oh, uh, video uploading to Twitter has become much, much, much more stable, which by the way, big thumbs up for, highly, highly approve of, because man, the old system was atrocious and trying to upload videos onto Twitter was just a crapshoot. Even when you're within the parameters they specified, the exact bit rate, the exact frame rate, even when you hit everything on the dot, it would just be like, nah, it was abysmal. That's finally been fixed, hallelujah. Uh, what are the cons though? Where do you start? The sudden instability, the fact that the blue check mark is now nothing but a badge to shun for them having it. The fact that a platform that has been passed off as a now free speech, everyone's equal platform is now literally, not figuratively, literally a pay for more exposure. All speech is equal, but because I gave $10 to Elon Musk, my speech is more equal. 
That has to be the worst move possible that has been made. Oh, but it gets worse because of course this system was, was abused, still is abused to impersonate people and commit tons of fraud. And of course, because of the budget cuts, the amount of fraud that happens within DMs has accelerated to amounts never before seen. I can't even begin to tell you the number of, of fraud graphic designers I get DMs from on a daily basis. It is terrible. So is it really surprising that one of the core functions of Twitter is just poof, gone? <sighs> what can you do? What can you do? Well, someone has an answer. Someone is working on a microblogging site just like Twitter that will compete directly with Twitter, which by the way, huzzah, huzzah. Twitter could use the, the competition. I for one love the structure of Twitter and I'd love to see more use that format, but do it better, which is very easy right now because Twitter is very weak. Unfortunately, the person now trying to go ahead and go after Twitter is meta. <sighs> cool. Thanks. I hate it. All right. Well, back to Twitter we go. It's it's just, I mean, I, I have more faith in Elon Musk than I do than I do Mark Zuckerberg. And that should say, that should say a lot. And I say this as someone now that actually went ahead and for the purposes of promoting this stream, this podcast and everything else I do, I went ahead and actually made an Instagram and Facebook account just to go ahead and get more word out there because that's what everyone says you, you should do. And then went ahead and did everything I could to isolate it. Not unlike my TikTok too. Not touching this phone, not touching anything outside of the scheduler app set up inside a VM. And all it is is done by a scheduler. I made sure that contagion is isolated as can be that is how little faith i have in meta and guess what that is how little faith you should also have in meta and if you're just like oh facebook's not that bad no you are wrong my friend you are a hundred percent in the wrong but it's okay it's okay we can fix you we hope we're going to take our second and probably last break here when we come back a lot of new things announced, plus AI going crazy. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so there's been a controversy I didn't want to talk about because I couldn't find any evidence as to what's going on. It was brought to my attention regarding this same issue about um, view counts being rumored to not being counted correctly. Someone has found the answer. So let's get the basic story first, all right? It's not uncommon for people to say, oh, Twitch isn't getting my full view count. That's been something that's been going on forever, but no one could ever prove it. Chrome has implemented a feature called Memory Saver, 
because of course of all the programs to need to save you on memory it's chrome the machine i go ahead and install 64 gigabytes of ram specifically because of it and it says that chrome will free up memory from inactive tabs and give active tabs and other apps more resources to keep chrome fast your inactive tabs automatically become active again when you go back to them if you go ahead have a stream up but are just listening to it and just lurking this memory saver is freeing up memory from it and causing you to not count as a viewer despite the fact you're listening to it and yes this is on by default slow freaking clap amazing simply and utterly amazing so yeah for once it turns out that i actually thought that was actually the wrong thing it turns out we all thought that twitch was responsible for all this nonsense because of course it's easy to blame twitch and twitch operates in a very non-communicative way anyway so what's twitch gonna do continue to not say anything to defend itself yeah that sounds all right but here we are good job it actually this time was google messing up your view counts so chrome users i strongly suggest you go into your settings maybe whitelist twitch from the inactive memory saving feature if you want to continue to count as a viewer to your favorite twitch streamer because man let me tell you all things are judged based on that red number that we as twitch streamers want to ignore at all times because it creates such massive anxiety but nowhere near as much anxiety as sony is trying to create with its latest ability or its latest uh, attempt to say that microsoft should not buy blizzard by just saying that uh well what if uh the, the blizzard just microsoft sabotages cod for us i i i'm i'm blown away i am just simply blown away at one point i how do you at what freaking point do all these absurd arguments that Sony just tries to roll with, do the regulators just go like, you're just making this up now? Because by this logic, oh, they could just straight up sabotage COD. Every game ever could sabotage everything. Freaking Valve could make it so that uh, Portal just doesn't work on consoles and only on PCs. They're freaking got them. Or Valve could just make every Steam game not work on pc and only work on the on the steam deck at some point the argument is so absurd it is literally not figuratively literally unbelievable <sighs> but here we are here we are all right here's something that's going around a number of car manufacturers are saying they are ditching am radio and here's the funny thing i'm willing to bet of all the people listening to me live right now all but one of them are gonna say, get rid of AM radio, good riddance. Dude, let me tell you, around here, if I'm in my truck, for varying definitions of the word truck, and I wanna figure out if there's some kind of traffic problem ahead, and I don't have CB radio, because of course it's a delivery truck, we're not cool enough to have that, and also CB radio is dead, TM, AM radio is the only way to get a traffic report. There are no news stations on the FM dial in my area at all. Oh, I take that back. There is a college that has FM radio, an FM radio station. There's also NPR, but I mean, 
I hate to break it to you. Um, you should not be listening to NPR while driving. That is a hazard as it is very likely to put you to sleep and you need to be very awake while driving. I have nothing against the articles that are done by NPR, but man, there is no drug more effective than listening to NPR to put you into a deep, deep sleep. And that is not something I need. <laughs> Chat's just like shots fired. It's not shots, it's truth. A hundred percent. Let me tell you something. This is a small podcast, but if I went ahead and spoke in the tone that NPR does, no one would listen. It would just be, uh, and welcome to Eagle Eyes on Tech. Today we are talking about car companies and how they are debating getting rid of the antiquated AM radio from electric vehicles. Now, while most of the radio has switched over to the far superior FM band, the AM band still poses a use in the world today. Uh, we talked earlier to Kia, and they had the following to say, You'd stop listening! <laughs> it's just empty! I'm willing to bet a few of you already just fell asleep just hearing that! Now, as useful as AM radio can be, the reason for this is very simple. The AM radio band is very susceptible to electromagnetic interference. Just going under power lines, if you have AM radio going on, especially in the higher bands, you hear the static and it's basically unhearable. So when you have high voltage lines in the vehicle itself, the actual AM radio transmission is just so unusable, it's why bother installing it? So the whole thing makes some sense. It does make some sense as to why, it, why it's dropping, but holy cow, it means that a lot of areas, my own included, it better start freeing up some FM bandwidth so that those stations that actually provide a very useful um, resource to the community need to get on the FM band. Go take NPR's band, no one will miss them. The roads will be a safer place as no one will fall asleep and hit the median. I'm only slightly kidding with that, by the way. But this is a move we're gonna start seeing more and more down the road, and I kind of have mixed feelings about it for all the reasons I just mentioned. Anyway, great news for Apple people. New iMacs are around the corner, including new I'm, wait a minute, I said that wrong. <laughs> new Macs are around the corner, including a new iMac. I also love the fact that Bloomberg is just like, oh, finally a new iMac, finally. The current design is only two years old, dude. I hate to break it to you, this design's not gonna be tweaked at all. Let me tell you, here's what's going to happen with the new iMac, all right? Are you ready for this? Here is how the new iMac's going to go down. It will have new colors and an M2 chip. That's it. I swear, Bloom, I, I could have swore with the way they were reacting, I was reading The Verge. Bloomberg, come on, I hold you at a slightly higher standard than The Verge. Act like it. The bigger surprise in all this, honestly, and the fact that Bloomberg's not even talking about is really surprising. And it really just, just shows how actually brain dead Bloomberg might actually be, is the rumors of a new Mac Pro. We have known there is gonna be a new Mac Pro. And also I am stunned at the number of other tech journalists, not just Bloomberg and The Verge, that are stunned like, oh, we're gonna get a new Mac Pro. Were you idiots in a coma during the last WWDC? Did someone lop off your heads? Did you have a lobotomy? Apple. Literally, not figuratively, literally said after they introduced the Mac Studio, 
we only have one more Mac to transition over, and that is the Mac Pro. They straight up told us there's going to be a Mac Pro. It is the reason why every single professional that says, hey, for my work, should I go ahead and get a, um, a Mac Studio? I have said, no, because we're going to be getting a Mac Pro. The Mac Studio is a $4,000 Mac, a freaking Mac Mini that they put in a slightly better processor in but is not upgradable at all, has no serviceability whatsoever because it is a Mac freaking mini. So stop spending $4,000 on something that with one shot motherboard is now a $4,000 paperweight that you now need to spend another $4,000 to go ahead and get because the Mac Pro's right around the corner and that is almost guaranteed to be more serviceable than this. Ah, idiots, actual idiots throughout the entire tech journalism field. Anytime I think, Anytime I think for a second that, you know, maybe, maybe I'm a little too overworked. Maybe, maybe it's time to hang up the podcast. Maybe, just maybe, I don't need to do Eagle Eyes on Tech or the Early Bird Briefing anymore. Anytime I think about, about those kind of moments, and I've had those thoughts a lot lately as work has been putting me through the ringer. I need to think back to this moment where literally the rest of tech journalism committed such a dumb that this dirty sponge on my desk could predict the tech future better than they can. Holy cow. And I'm telling you this right now, we're gonna see the Mac Pro in three months. We're gonna see it at WWDC. And I swear, I'm gonna lose my mind if these tech journalists are caught off guard by the introduction of a Mac Pro, because they really, really shouldn't be. But then again, this is the same media outlets that went ahead and predicted a Switch Pro for years. Yeah, how old that go? Ah, yes, my Switch Pro. Look at how much Switch Proing I'm doing on my Switch Pro. Gaze upon its Switch Proness. Look at it. Look at how pro it is with its exact same SOC and uh, it's slightly updated everything else. Oh, but it has glass. <sighs> Just remember, if you think The Verge is dumb, it's not just you. It's, 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 it's all of them. It's, it's, it's not just the verge. It's all of them. All right. Let's talk about the Fairphone for a minute. The Fairphone two is officially receiving its last update in March. And then we'll only be exceeding. We'll only be getting fought or they're talking seven years of support. Now this is actually really surprising. Someone in chat says they will die on the hill that the OLED has better cool, cooling while docked and is not a worthy up and not a worthy upgrade allows it to work better in combined with better internals. I haven't noticed much of a performance difference, but then again, like no recent Switch games have like pushed the Switch as hard as Breath of the Wild did. So I don't know. I mean, I just got the OLED Switch just cause yeah. <laughs> they also said I'm also not dumb and running Doom on it. I mean, that's also fair. The new Breath of the Wild game though is going to be stressing it a lot. Actually, then again, trying to run Scarlet and Violet Stable stressed it a lot. Woo, it was trying. But a lot of that was definitely in-engine limitations. But yeah, where was I on the... All right, let's just get to the chase of it with, with the Fairphone. Let's actually start wrapping up the podcast. Fairphone, we were supposed to only get five years of software support. We are actually going to be getting seven plus what they gave us originally. And you know what? I got to give props to the Fairphone. I didn't think they'd do it. They exceeded what they said they were going to do and actually did more. Honestly, that right there, very, very impressive. 
And I, for one, gotta say, congrats. Congrats, Fairphone. You did a good. Newer NVIDIA graphic cards may be causing a problem, such as 10% CPU usage for just no reason. It is a driver bug, which videocards.com decided to put a very uh, vibrant caterpillar on top of a graphic card for their picture here for reasons that in fact causes high CPU usage from the NVIDIA containers and can cause a hit in performance. There have been recorded instances of this going as high as 15%. Whoops. This actually is a big problem. Like it may not seem like it and many of you will never notice, but if you're, if you're a streamer, dude, every little bit of CPU performance you need, need. Cause you're running the professional task of OBS and your game most likely on the same PC, unless you're a crazy person like me and got two computers. In which case you still want all the CPU support you can get. If you went ahead and did something silly like 24 cores worth of CPU. I still don't regret it by the way. No regrets whatsoever. Now, if you think, oh man, there's this NVIDIA driver bug. Let's go to AMD. Oh, you're not safe. Cause there is a, there's a Radeon driver bug that will brick your PC. The bug is very, very difficult to have it actually break your windows, but it is possible. Impressive, simply impressive. AMD is on it, a fix is on the way. In the meantime, you are all welcome to bury your face inside of your palms for just how absolutely insane this whole thing is. All right, let's get to AI. So thanks to chat GPT and the actual voice AI program to go ahead and imitate voices, it was only a matter of time until something would give and it's being exploited. And in fact, scammers, most likely in India, are using these tools to target loved ones and trying to impersonate people's beloveds to have them commit fraud. So for example, let's say I was for whatever reason, targeted by one of these very determined scammers. Like you have to be like super targeted to do this. And they want to go ahead and have chat GPT create a script and have an AI powered bot to sound like say my mother to go ahead and try and get them some cash wired to them. Can you imagine that? Like it's easy for me to say I would not fall for that especially since I am extremely um, skeptical on a lot of things. And also I'd probably realize something is wrong if my mother called me up and asked me for gift cards. But how many people do you know would possibly fall for this? Like it is absolutely insane, creepy and eerie how this would go ahead and work. Keep, it's just stay aware. That's all I can say on this because this is crazy, crazy stuff. Now, speaking of AI, Facebook has an AI and Facebook has a lot of leaks. They love to leak things. Oh, Facebook, how you just love to leak just about anything you can get your hands on. My personal data, your personal data, the personal data of this empty medicine bottle in front of me, all of them. You're very eager to leak all the data. So naturally they go ahead and leak out their own large language model for AI. And 
Where was it leaked? A name I haven't heard in a while in the news. It was leaked on 4chan. You did it, Anon. You did it. You became relevant in the news again. It's been a hot minute since you've been relevant in tech news. But holy cow. You did it. <laughs> now, Facebook is trying to go out of their way to go ahead and, and uh, submit takedown notices wherever they can for their own intellectual property. But um, look, I've been a 4chaner long enough to know some of the biggest uh, rules of 4chan. One of them, of course, is we do not forgive, we do not forget. Facebook has wronged 4chan many, many times because Facebook has wronged everyone. And if there's one thing 4chan is really good at doing, they do not forget. And this leaked model is going to be reposted again and again and again just about everywhere until the end of time. I guarantee it. Good job. Good job, Facebook. In the meantime, though, Discord is bringing AI chatting to Discord using a name we've heard quite a bit within Discord, Clyde. Their system, their, their system information name. So what does this mean? It basically means chat GPT is going to be integrated into Discord. That's really about it. A lot of people are saying that, oh no, Discord has betrayed us all. They're going to go ahead and use all the data they've mined from us to power this AI. Yeah, no, it's powered by OpenAI. It's powered by ChatGPT. There's no AI building to this. It's already done. Like, honestly, of all, like, the eyebrow-raising, sketchy stuff that Discord has done, this one is honestly the least suspicious. Is there still a possibility that it's going to be used for nefarious profit-gaining measures? Yeah, maybe. It's possible data is going to be gathered using the bot and sold. But I'm also willing to bet that uh, knowing the Discord community, uh, most of the information that uh, Clyde's going to gather is uh, useless, such as asking it stupid questions like why is bacon called bacon and cookies called cookies if we cook bacon and bake cookies? And also a bunch more lurid and uh, perverse questions that have absolutely no mean anything that I can't say on this podcast. You know what's going to happen. So we could go ahead and speculate how it's going to be used for evil, or we can just admit the very simple fact that Discord already has far, far, far more impressive methods of gathering information than a chatbot. I guarantee it. Meanwhile, though, because integrating chat GPT into everything is cool, Slack is also implementing chat GPT so that you can have the bot talk to, the, to your colleagues for you. How much do you hate your colleagues if you don't even want to talk to them and just have the bot talk to them for you? Like, this just seems like a foreign concept to me. Like, I want to, like, be in touch with my employees on, like, a daily basis. I want to be on top of everything. Like, could you imagine if it's just, like, oh, man, chat, can you, chat GBT, can you just, like, talk to, uh, to, to Susan in accounting for me? I really don't want to deal with her. And it's just, like, hello, Susan. We want to talk to you about the payroll this week. Are we going to be in the clear? Also, was there any weird messages for me? Sincerely, totally your boss. Like, why? It's just one giant batch of not everything needs to include chat GPT, but here we are, I guess. Everything must include chat GPT. I can't wait for our Twitch chat to include chat GPT at some point. But... 
You thought the Slack chatbot was bad. Oh, I can do worse. Romania has a new government advisor and it too is powered by AI. It's begun. It's freaking begun. AI is now in a, in, in a position of power. It has now actually happened. It's <laughs> time. Oh, there, there we go. That's it. Country of uh, Romania. It, it, it is now controlled by the machines. We thought Amazon was going to be Skynet. Nope, it was Romania the whole time. That's it. It's, it's all come to this. But of course, you, you all know how this, how this all goes, right? I have to have, in some way, shape, or form, an even crazier story than that. How do I top Romania advisor being AI? Well, how about Stable Diffusion, the AI that makes art, recreating images with incredible accuracy using only inputs directly from the brain. Just let that sink in for a minute, okay? All right, all right. Just, just let it sink in. They attached probes to someone's skull, read the brainwaves off it, which, by the way, historically has had not the best results. And any time, like, trying to read brainwaves and having it actually work correctly, it is considered a miracle. But it got these images with incredible, impressive accuracy. So how long until I can just sit in a chair and dream of a movie and Stable Diffusion is just going to make it? This is starting to get a little, like, AI's been getting crazy, and it just manages to keep getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Now, you notice something, right? I didn't say that was the last burb. That means I have to have something even crazier. I have one story left, and I'll admit... It's not crazier, but it is stupider. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, Elon Musk is planning a Texas utopia just outside of Austin, Texas. There are several questions that come to mind when I read this title, when I go ahead and, and just read everything about this article. The first question that comes up is why? And the next question that comes up is what is a Texas utopia? The third question of course then is why? And it mostly just continues to go in this infinite feedback loop until my head explodes. I've had to reconstruct my head several times now going into this robotic feedback loop. It's just one giant batch of what is the bloody point? Like we get why there's a, a why there's a Chinatown in New York. It's New York. There's not a speck of of like China in there. So making a making a section that's built by Chinese immigrants for Chinese immigrants and brings that culture there is a very interesting way to go about introducing that culture and making a section just for it. It's a very interesting tourist attraction. Why the heck are you making Texas inside of Texas? It would be like me making a, making my studio inside my studio. <laughs> Let me go ahead and make the perfect F-150 inside of an F-150. At some point you gotta go, but, but why though? 
And more importantly, isn't there something better you can be doing your, with your time, Elon? Like say, oh, I don't know. Fixing the Twitter you broke? But of course, that would take logic. And that is a resource that is extremely, extremely scarce. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And yes, it is back. Starting today, in fact, if you're listening to this on podcast channels, the early bird briefing is back every single weekday at, at bright and early for all to listen to. You can find that at, I don't even know where you can find it anymore because anchor.fm is now gone. I think it'll still redirect. So anchor.fm slash early bird briefing and anchor.fm slash eagle eyes on tech for this one and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and hopefully we'll see you next time Bye bye I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. How, why, and how would I just, I can't even, I'm just so confused. How on earth do you build a Texan utopia within Texas? Like what does that entail? I can't get over this. It is absolutely maddening. Will sanity ever return to my head? Man, I have no earthly idea.